This is Jan Cox, talk number 2,538, recorded June 14th, 2000. The head of a monastery one morning so addressed the monks, quote, I am leaving, for in my attempts to tell you what I do, for in my attempts to tell you what I do in the effort to achieve the goal, I distract myself from what I should be doing to achieve the goal. And one of the monks says, please. Before you go, dear master, tell us this. Are we actually monks in a monastery listening to you, or is this all taking place inside of one man's mind as he talks to himself about what he should be doing as opposed to him talking to himself about what he should be doing? <laughs> Jesus. Well, I don't know. Oh, that wasn't... I'm sorry, that wasn't, that wasn't in there. I just... I got carried away. In the beginning, it's all questions, questions, questions. Then in the middle, answers begin to appear. But on their deathbed, most men are still overwhelmed with questions. I say, look out the windows. Move your attention from inside yourself. Simply look out the windows. Everything you believe you want to know about the insides of your house is out there. Right outside your windows. Want to know a secret? Want to know where the unknown laughs and good times really are? They're not inside your house. And they're not outside your house. The really great chuckles come from seeing through the illusion that normally leads the mind into thinking that something, something separates the two. One man pushed. No, he didn't. One man pursued. Good thing I don't take these insults personally. One man pursued the liberation of awakening, same as everyone else, through introspection. But for six months of every year, he would privately switch over to extraspection. Now, I thought I was going to have to make up that word, and just on the off chance, I looked it up, and there is such a word which I'll get to in a minute. Because it's not exactly. They refine it too much of extrospection is being aware of and examining things outside yourself, such as scientific investigation. Not quite. Close. Close, but no bunion. But for six months of every year, he would privately switch over from introspection to extrospection. Says he, quote, I long believed that what I wanted was to always be aware of what I was thinking. But now I wonder if the reverse might not be proper, that I be aware of what is going on outside of my thinking. Sort of like being a scientific observer, but without a specific project in mind. I'll come back. Wasting attention on weighing unnecessary choice is the cause of all dreams and confusion. And words are the cause of all unnecessary choices. As soon as you decide to talk about a matter, you must immediately choose which words you will use. Thus, you instantly create for yourself Needless problems. Needless choices, the mother of sleep. Words, the
the mother of needless choices. It's actually rather simple. The liver, for instance, doesn't talk about itself and is thus never confused. If introspection is the way in, then how are you going to get out? The real reason that someone announces, for instance, that they have become a Sufi or a Zenist is that they believe other people think about Zen and Sufism the same way that they do. <laughs> Whatever system outside of yourself that you adopt to awaken from dreaming becomes part of your dreaming. Oh, I know, I know. A man who pursues the X method to achieve enlightenment does not picture himself as being ultimately enlightened, but rather pictures himself as soon becoming a recognized and envied practitioner of the X method. The only reason that a man makes it known that he has become a Sufi or Zenist is that he thinks other people think about Zen and Sufism the same way he does. How do you think about your involvement in all of this? Hence, having thoughts about it is like piling up a mound of dirt while intending to dig a hole. Aww. Attention to the world outside can be beneficial. But attention to the world inside is even more beneficial. At least that's what the inside world says. Yeah, the outside, well, they never talks about it. They sure can kick you around and walk all over you, but notice it never says anything. I mean, Grover's syndrome never comes into your house or sends you a card and says, may I come visit? Back problems, migraines. <laughs> oh, well. I just made that up. That wasn't part of the written material tonight. I just... When the sun comes up, the sun appears. And when the moon comes up, the moon appears. The sun and moon shine down on everyone, but not everyone thinks. When the sun comes up, the sun appears. We all like to guess who those few people are. In the right ears, at the right moment, words can explain anything. Yet no one is satisfied. Doesn't that give you a hint? That sounds too clever for itself, doesn't it? But it's true. Words can explain anything. People can ask questions that no one has ever been able to answer. Someone can go to a friend or a rabbi or a priest and go, how come someone wonderful like my mother died and next door to us lives crackheads and dope dealers and people who park in handicapped spaces and nothing ever happens to them? And the person can give some explanation, as ridiculous as it may be, such as, well, God is up there and kept a book and someday... But it can explain anything, and yet no one notices that no one's ever satisfied. Many people pretend they are, like, oh, well, I like that. Is that really true? 
And the priest says, yes. I go, I feel much better now. No, they don't. But they can say they do. Nobody ever thinks that's a hint. Yeah, but people lie. No, you don't get it. I just made that up, too. That wasn't part of the material, by the way. Back to the reading. Physical choices are necessary for continued survival. Mental ones for continued confusion. Selecting one food over another can be healthy. Selecting one idea over another can put your eye out. When your mind is operating at its lowest possible level, you are continually muttering to yourself. And in so doing, you engage in a ceaseless and meaningless choosing of one thought over another to momentarily occupy your mind. To physically survive, choices must be constantly made. To mentally thrive, choices need be seen for the meaningless distraction that they are, and then relinquished. When a real St. George arrives, what difference is it to him whether he is presented with a paper tiger or a paper dragon to fight? Still talking about choices if you lost your place. It's all the same. It's always been the same. And with the mind, it will always be the same. And to realize this is to realize all that there is to realize. Yes, said someone, I think I see what you mean, but I always understood it in a slightly different way. Well, there you are. What the hell did I just say? <laughs> yes, but my understanding of the matter is slightly different than yours. I would not have expressed it exactly like that. Well, buy me an omelet. I'll be down. <laughs> Glad to see that you understand. And that would persist, though. But, no, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I'm saying that I understand what you said, and I believe that I see more or less what you're talking about, but my understanding of it. Now, it could be that I'm a Buddhist and you're a Baptist. could be that I'm an ex and you're... Anyway, I understand, I believe what you're talking about, but my understanding is not exactly the same is yours the way you expressed it. What the hell did I just read? Sir, were you listening? It's all the same. Well, yeah, I heard that. That's what I'm talking about. But my understanding of that is not exactly like yours. <laughs> Would somebody shut that man up? No, oh, it was me. I'm sorry. Back to the reading. One man was recently so struck what if all forms of introspection and attempted self-examination are but unrecognized forms of sleep and delusion? What if all of the revered metaphysical approaches to enlightenment, such as self-remembering, being mindful, and all attempts at self-awareness are literally and truly nothing but self-delusion? That all attempts to wake up are forms of sleep, perhaps even the cause of sleep. If we say that, counting the mind, man has six senses, then I say this. He has five that are by nature enlightened and one that can never be. The world outside is strong, but the world inside that comments on that world is stronger. At least that's what the inner world says. It made me do that. 
headline regarding travel and all of this. If you realize what's actually going on, you can come and go as you please. A bird can fly, but cannot think. A thinker can think, but is trapped indoors. Headline regarding knowing and all of this. You can know Zen, but if you do not know what it is that knows Zen, you know nothing. A rock knows, but does not speak. A speaker speaks, but does not rock. <laughs> From one view, those seeking enlightenment are simply people who expect more of consciousness than it is naturally constructed to offer. We'll all pretend that we didn't hear that. No, we'll pretend that was a metaphor. <laughs> Headline, new edition of one of my previously constructs for the up-to-date crowd. When you're metaphysically hip, you're both hip and not hip. But when you're not metaphysically hip, you're just not hip. From one view, the following is true. Inside, everything is a shambles. Outside, it's all a glorious game. It's not the same for a dog who's lived outside all his life as it is for a housebound invalid who's just emerged. And one man whispers, after a lifetime of having my being, after a lifetime of having my being asleep. <laughs> and one man whispers, get it out, sir. All right. After a lifetime of hating my being asleep, it now doesn't bother me as much now that I'm here outdoors. Living inside a closed, noisy room can certainly be distracting. But if you're no longer there, it doesn't matter what goes on in there. The big choice, either straighten up things in there to your liking or leave. Doesn't sound very metaphysical to me. <laughs> I just said that because it's not true. If you are questioned or insulted and hesitate before responding, you have responded. Some circumstances call for an immediate, spontaneous, and instinctive response, while others might call for a measured and mentally deliberate one. With an insightful man, occurrences of the latter are the exception. So rare as to hardly be worth even mentioning, as a matter of fact. A sage said to a monk, if you could pretend unconditionally to be enlightened for 98, 96 hours straight, you would be enlightened. And the monk said, I do not understand that. And the sage replied, neither do I. In a confidential tone, one man tells us, quote, the most gratifying realization I have experienced in the last 20 years came when I was recently hit with the fact that no matter what I might do, that I will never become more awake someday. It either happens right now, 
this every very instant or it never happens at all. People who want to predict the future are speculating about things as they are not before ever seeing things as they are. Now, when you're engaged with things as they are, you're engaged with things as they are now and thus are saved from the clutches of myriad bandits, the myriad bandits known as yesterday and tomorrow. Who, from one view, I'll make a personal editorial comment, will rob you blind. Well, you feel like you've been robbed. Which is really, to me, worse than actually being robbed. You feel like you've been robbed, but nothing's been taken. <laughs> like sweating, what's going to happen tomorrow? You know you're being robbed. But it's worse than if you went home and somebody broke in your house you know, and stole your comic books. Because then you can get mad or you can go rebuy them or you can actually look there and tell people, there was a damn Superman number 13 issue or some crap. Whereas all this other stuff internally. I propose that that is why it is so wearisome. Because you have been robbed, but you've been robbed of nothing. And I further propose that to the most average of persons pisses them greatly. Again, that's just my opinion. I don't mean to get it all confused with the facts here that I'm reading. I assume that you have the wherewithal to distinguish between the two. Am I correct? You can. You haven't learned anything. It's all the same. Okay. If the goal is to find your true self, and it is not inside of you, and it is not outside of you, then where to look? Better yet, are you sure that you're even looking for the right thing? When you sail with a real Columbus, you don't discover new land to the west. You don't discover new land to the east. You discover the Santa Maria. Okay. If my real self is not inside and it's not outside, where should I look? Does anybody get it? Oh, Columbus, look over here. Look out on the starboard side. I see land. Never mind, son. And I'm somebody... But look over here. There's land on the port side. Never mind. I'm talking about a real Columbus now. Suddenly he realizes, aha! He makes the grand discovery. He looks between his feet. You know, the secret is not to get what you're searching for. It's to realize the secret of what the searcher is. What the medium is. That doesn't sound much of a secret to me. Go below. <laughs> Either go below or go up in the crow's nest. We don't have a crow's nest. Better yet. In that case, go. Back to the reading. When a man first heard. I should just tell this one. I should even try to read it. Because I know what it is. I don't have to really read this one. 
But there was a guy who found out, heard the whole thing like we did about man's asleep and etc. Living in a dream and through certain efforts can awaken. And as soon as he read about it, he went, that's it. That's it. I want to awaken. And then he heard, first off, he happened to hear about the method of being eternally mindful. And as soon as he heard, he went, that's it. That's the trick. And then for many years, he worked on that. And then one day he heard about the method of self-remembering. And as soon as he heard that, he went, ah! Of course, he'd been getting sort of worn out with the mindful attempt. And here was a new one. And as soon as he heard it, he went, ah, that's the trick. That's the trick. And he worked on that for a while. And then finally he heard about uh, the method of what you try to do is simply clear the mind. You don't try to remember yourself. You don't try to be mindful. You just try and clear the mind. And as soon as he heard it, after all those years of trying, as soon as he heard it, he went, ah, now, that's the trick. Ah. And it suddenly hit him. Hell. Everything's the trick. Take a bow, sir. And finally, the last phase. If things did not constantly change, awakening would not be possible. But, if things did not constantly change, no one would fall asleep. So, for you people on tape, I am doing my best gesture of an ellipsis. <laughs> Well, people here are laughing at me, but I notice no one is, those who are laughing haven't come up with a better one. I think sometimes it's known as a Brooklyn, or it used to be a Brooklyn shrug. Like, what do you want from me? But consider it. If things did not constantly change, uh, from one view, this wasn't what I was going to talk about, but it's all the same anyway, as you pointed out. From one view, uh, you could describe, it would seem to be a reasonable explanation, what people who claim they're wanting to awaken or achieve enlightenment are after is some sort of stability. Uh, the very childish want life to become stable, that is, things outside them, that they want people to uh, act as, in manners that they consider to be appropriate. They want life to flow in a manner that is behoovent, if there is such a word to them, I don't have time to worry about it. I, I just make them up as I go. And then those who are a little sharper, what they're really looking for, though, the whole idea of meditation, etc., is to uh, impose or create inside yourself some sort of stability. That the whole idea, everybody's pictured. There's ever been interested in the idea of enlightenment. Uh, the classical statues and photographs of Buddha. The whole idea is there is a man eternally at peace, eternally at rest. Just, he represents eternity. Even religious people, lesser reflections of our sort, if there could be such a thing. The whole idea of spirituality is to be something stable. Something that's anchored amidst the vicissitudes of life, the pounding waves of ill fortune and carnal desire 
and too many parking places reserved for the handicapped. That's like someone who got a ticket today for parking in a handicapped zone, don't I? Well, I was just thinking, if I was an ordinary person, once I start making up something at night, a lot of times I'll stay on it in case you hadn't noticed. Kind of weave a motif through it. <laughs> well, I try to hang all this together like there's one clothesline for the night. But I was thinking, if I was an ordinary person here, and was as sharp as I used to be when I was like 17, by the time I made two jokes about, you know, the first one about one of the evils of the world being parking places reserved for the handicapped, if I'd been an ordinary person, as soon as I'd heard me say that, I'd have thought something was funny. I thought, that guy, he'd just been running awful. But if I said it twice, I thought for sure. God gave himself away. Man doesn't know anything about containing Freudian slips struggling to get out. But see, it's just the opposite. There's so little happening to me, I have to think up these things about, ooh, why has that happened to me? Which shows my level, I guess, of thrill-seeking. <laughs> I didn't think I got shot at or... <laughs> that somebody came up and says, Are you crippled? And I went, No. And they went, Well, move along. And they just you know, kind of brushed me away. <laughs> I thought, Wow, that was a close call. My little heart's pounding. That meant something. I just don't want to go into it. I, I sense a much deeper allegory there. But you got to remember, I'm the person that... Walks in and oranges are on sale at the Safeway. And I can stand there and go, wow. And plus look around and be amazed that no one else gets it. I see other honest householders, burglars. What do you call them in Germany? Burglars. Burglars. I know what I'm saying. So you're trying to be too helpful now. You thought I was serious. So I'm going to have to go back and say ignorant again. <laughs> for you. But anyway, honest householders and burglars, and they'll be staying there and weighing them, considering buying them, and I realize they're looking right at the sign that says oranges. Of course, what's really good if it's something like navels. <laughs> Save 20 cents a pound. And I'll see them look at it, and I can tell them they're sort of figuring, like, well, do we need oranges, or is that a good buy? But I can look in their faces, and I can tell in my mystical way, they do not get the allegorical import. <laughs> it would appear to be that everybody on the planet, to one degree or another, back where I was, would like for things not to, for change not to occur so rapidly, or was the change not cut such a wide swath through their life. And the older people get, of course, it just gets worse. But mystics, from one view, I assume you get what I'm saying. Uh, whether they describe it this way or not, one thing that mystics are looking for, a fair description is, for things to stabilize, for things not to be so chaotic. I say that's a dream. And I was trying to get you to consider it in a certain way is when I wrote that last page, that last item. Because everyone's against change in a certain way. And mystics would really be against change, like, well, I can't stand the fact by the time I get used to something about me or used to something about humanity, and I think that I have about understood it to such a degree that I can deal with it, then somebody will up the stakes. They'll turn the heat up. They'll do it in a slightly different way. It's like I'm fighting an endless number of little small battles, little small opponents, little small 
mental attitudes of other people. It's just a constant, like I'm being pecked to death by a thousand little hummingbirds. And just, why don't they all just stop? Why can't just everything, the skies do become clear? The clouds either go away or quit moving and the winds stop. I would be a quite decent person. I'm quite humane at heart. If everybody would just kind of slow down. I say that you can see something useful. That were it not for constant change, it would not, the whole idea of being enlightened, of changing your state of consciousness, would be an absolute impossibility. But were it not for constant change, no one would be in such a condition that they would want to change their state of consciousness. Now here comes the attempted, I thought in good faith, dramatic gesture. So, and the ellipsis runs from me, from that question, into your heart. Either here in Philadelphia, Los Angeles, just consider. I know that technically at one time, an ellipsis was supposed to have three periods. I single-handedly, I don't know who you know, I have changed it to four. I hadn't checked the dictionary in my lifetime. But under certain poetic conditions, I think someone should just run it off the edge of the page when you say soul, just to really drag it out. That's what I do. Some of you have seen the way I type it out, even for myself. I guess that's be a new name. It's not really an ellipsis anymore if they still insist that an ellipsis consists of three periods. But at any rate, the question goes from me into your heart. Just ask yourself. But I'm going to go back to the first page of what all this was about. About the insides and the outsides. Uh, I feel like I'm going to end up repeating part of what I talked about last Wednesday and Friday, or last Friday and Monday. But I didn't see much response written on your bills. Without any doubt, everybody starts off engaged in introspection to do this. No matter what culture, no matter what system, even people who call it something else entirely. Philosophers who would absolutely, a certain type of philosopher, would absolutely deny that they had any connection with so-called mysticism. It still all requires one thing. There's no better word for it. It's simply introspection. Those who just consider themselves philosophers, they consider that they are simply mulling over the nature of man and life, and etc. But if you have any ability to get past that point and be a bit mystical, whatever that means, you not only, or you get past thinking that you're mulling over in your mind life and the nature of man, etc. I say that if you get anywhere, you start mulling over the nature of the mind. You start mulling over the nature of you mulling. You start mulling over the question of what is mulling. The guy that I wrote about on the first page, so I can blame it on somebody else in case you really don't like it. He said that after a lifetime of doing that, after many years of doing that and being fairly well satisfied in general with the results, with the activity, with the experience, 
that he was now considering an entirely different approach. Is to engage in extrospection. Sort of like, he said, a scientific observer, but one without a specific object in mind. One not on a project. Yes. Scientific observer, or even the whole definition of science, a kind of systematic study of some subject. The systematic study, the attempt to systematically describe, to define the laws that govern the universe or some specific area. The uh, laws of matter, the laws of energy, the laws of movement. But the kind of extrospection I was speaking of is you can't be studying a specific object or you've done nothing. So because I say that almost the entire planet, the other six billion people, their attention, if we had to describe it, one way or the other, their attention is primarily on the world outside themselves. That, as I also have been suggesting to you, that may be the most fitting, the most naturally proper use of consciousness is for your attention to be on the world outside of you. But I don't know how anyone can fail to see that. Just people in general, I can sit here and have done so, uh, appear or make it appear that uh, by them doing so that they are using their mind to their detriment or that people say things they don't mean they say things that they regret they bump into things they have wrecks they hit people and then regret they did it the people do all sorts of things and of course mystics always say well they're asleep and even uh, somewhere beyond or this side of the, the mystical aspect is ordinary, civilized, intelligent people. Well, let's say civilized. You'll probably understand what I mean. Uh, they consider that people should, under most conditions, under most circumstances, that people should be measured and deliberate in their responses to life. When things are going on in life and you observe life, you aware of what's going on. Someone speaks to you. Someone makes a movement toward you. That under most conditions, a civilized and intelligent man considers, and when they say consider, they mean think about, that he considers, he tries to take a measure of what the conditions are, and then he reflects upon his possible choices of responses. <coughs> that that is, at a bare minimum, the sign of an intelligent, sophisticated person, rather than someone who just instinctively and immediately reacts to whatever's going on. He walks in and he says, where's supper? And his wife says, not ready. And he hits her. Now, maybe later, especially if the police show up. He goes, oh, God, I'm sorry. Or if later that night she won't come to bed. You know how it goes. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. He may go, I'm sorry, as soon as he does it. She may holler, that's it, I'm leaving. He goes, oh, no, no, baby, no. You know, I'm just hot. I'm tired. I was going from work and I was starving. From just ordinary, out of the six being ordinary people, the civilized would say that such a person is not even exercising a minimal amount of introspection. That that man should have thought before he did that if he had just stopped for a second. Just a moment. Because as soon as he hit her, we heard him apologize. Oh, baby, I'm sorry. So if he had just waited one second when she said it's not ready, and he just hollered, bitch, and hit her. If he had just stopped a second and thought, if I do this, I've done it before, 
I'll regret it. I'll feel bad later. I'll be apologizing and she'll be mad. So I won't do it. They would say he is lacking just a minimal amount of measured reflection before responding. He is driven too much immediately by outside, the, the outside world. So it would appear, I'm certainly not saying otherwise, but it would certainly appear to the six billion people on this planet that almost all civilized conditions, that is conditions between you, circumstances wherein it's you and some other person or persons involved, that what is called for at a bare minimum is some sort of measured momentary reflection that you internally reflect on and think about what is occurring externally outside of you before you say anything or before you do anything in response thereto. Now, I would say, without any doubt, I don't know how you can deny this, that attempting to do this sort of thing, attempting to be eternally mindful, to self-remember, to remember the name of God, the name of Buddha, to clear your mind, to still the mind, to do all of that requires what? an extreme amount of introspection to whatever degree your hunger dictates that you devote such time. As we know, some people physically go and join a, a monastery, join a group somewhere, and will spend under direction eight, ten hours a day attempting to calm the mind. They have that, they say, that sort of hunger. As mis they have that kind of hunger. So to whatever degree you're hungry, to whatever degree that you're still interested in such as this, then to that same degree, what you do is you engage in some form of introspection. I notice, and you might notice, I've never seen a mystical school that's ever called it that. Why? Because it sounds too crummy. That's why. <laughs> Didn't any of you ever try? I heard a guy one time years ago when he discovered... Sufism or Gurdjieff for somebody, and he was trying to tell people, everybody at parties and everywhere you go about, you've got to self-remember. Realize that nobody remembers themselves. People are not, they're not aware of themselves. He would try to describe it to somebody. And they go, well, what's the, and he'd say, it's, it, nobody knows about it. It's a hidden thing. It's disappeared. He had some kind of story he had read or concocted that people used to know about this thousands of years ago. And then, you know, something happened. A comet came by too close or some crap. He, you know, and now, and now people forgot themselves. And they'd go, some people say, well, describe it again. He'd describe it, and they'd go and say, well, you're just talking about, you know, like, you know, uh, introspection. They'd go, oh, no, oh, oh, crap, no. <laughs> and I saw people go, and they'd look at each other like two people who said that heard it while he said, and they'd look at each other like, is that what he said? And they'd go, yeah, that's what it's like to me. You're just talking about stopping and kind of, you know, reflecting on what's going on. They'd go, oh, no, oh, oh shit, everybody does that. Which, which, of course, everybody else thinks that's the point. Well, yeah, everybody does do it. Why are you so upset by it? Well, good. Well, I enjoy it. Well, some of you are smiling. I used to royally enjoy that. Of course, once I go over trying to tell people about it. <laughs> once I was staying there silently listening to somebody else saying, you try it. <laughs> you try telling it. <laughs> At any rate, I was pointing out something. There was more than an attempt to get a laugh. I pointed this out very specifically about three months ago and got no response from any of you people, which didn't surprise me at all. It's not an attack. But here it is again. This is not the point of where I was going tonight, but I can't resist. 
what I just said. Does anybody realize? From a quite solid view. That anything that. Assuming you've ever pursued any of them. Or thought about them yourself. If not I guess you're just taking my word. But I'm telling you all of the revered. Ancient. Established. Means. Approaches. Disciplines. To achieve the great liberation. The supreme enlightenment. The grand awakening. All of the methods. Eternal mindfulness. Silent chanting to oneself. The attempt to hold a picture of a figure. Of an icon. Of a person. To try and remember one name. To have it established in your mind. To where nothing can get in it. Or a sound. Or to clear your mind. To try and eternally be mindful. That you have a mind. All of those, does everybody realize it, can simply be described. If you prefer, I'll add a modifier and say an, an, an intensified introspection. The word covers it all nicely. But my question to you was, do you notice that there has never been a mystical system that somebody comes in, there's not even any Zen stories. I guess I'll make up one right now. They go, Aren't you, isn't this a school I hear that you are, everyone's trying to achieve enlightenment? And the head guy or some monk says, well, maybe. Why do you ask? And goes, well, I want to join up. I've always wanted to be enlightened. Which kind of method do you use? He goes, what do you mean? He said, would you guys try and uh, self-remember? He goes, well, no. Uh, you, uh, you, uh, you try to be eternally mindful. Is that it? I'm by my mind. No. Uh, uh, you sit and meditate. You try and calm the surface of the mind. Is that it? Is that it? And he goes, no. He said, well, what method? What do you use? And he said, well... We call it uh, introspection. The guy goes, oh, shit, you're jiving me. I, I thought this was a real school when he left. Nobody knows why I've bring this up again. Well, I've done it better to me. I don't know what I'm sitting here considering doing it too. What if, what if the original description you ever heard, the first one you ever heard, I do. I've never done this, but I, I know what I can do sitting here right now. Give a whole other description about what all this is and make it sound so everyday and to where it would sound like almost nothing. I could purposely make it sound like something that if you told somebody else or if somebody first told you and they describe, well, here's all you got to do and you can describe it in four or five words. Just all kinds of crude shit. It's like, well, you can say, I've heard about awakening. I've heard about another state of consciousness and all that. And you go, oh, okay, yeah, I know about it. And they go, well, what's your method? What do you do? And you go, what's it about? What can you tell me? And somebody told you, and they went, well, okay, well, here's all it is. Uh, do you have stuff that you think about that you don't want to think about? You know, that just thoughts, and you go, yeah. And they go, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, but what's the thing? That's it. Of course, I could use that as a grand test, or you can use it on yourself. I could say to you, does that cover it adequately or not? And if you went, well, I mean, it's kind of funny, but, you know, it doesn't actually cover it. <laughs> that tells me where you are. That tells me what grade you're in. Sure, it covers it. Well, it's got to cover it. What do you mean it doesn't cover it? Well, you can't just say... Just, you know, don't think about things you don't want to think about. That's not it. All right, what'd I leave out? And then once you start talking, it just, 
maybe if, to begin with, I thought, well, you're not past eighth grade. But as soon as you started talking, it goes seven, six, five, <laughs> three. Well, back to where we were. The guy said, of course, I'm saying it too, that there is a way. It's a quite valid method. You just turn your attention, your attention, your consciousness, your mind, is to turn it totally on the outside world. Engage in nothing but intense extrospection. But remember, you're not a scientist in the sense that you are in a specific field. You do, you're not on a project. You're not turning your attention out, outwardly on some object or some objects or upon some area. You're just turning it out. It is extrospection with no, at least no modifier that limits it. I was going to add intense, which I'd already done, but it, it cannot be for any particular purpose. Of course, now the trick. You know what the purpose is, don't you? It's to keep you from engaging in introspection. Jesus. Right, now I've got to play the other part for you. Then somebody says to me, well, wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Then I could engage in intense introspection, and it would keep me from, he almost had it, but he couldn't get it out. Uh, I'll ask you rhetorically again. I sure do. All I can do is encourage you again. I encourage you, I encourage you, really. I'm giving you my personal, even you people thousands of miles away on tape, I'm giving you my personal secret poking the ribs you know, that secret one that we ex-masons have you ought to look into this that the whole idea that everyone is you have no other choice no one really has to tell you that you're engaged in introspection everything that we talk about what the hell do I talk about every night I change the terms around I make up new models of it trying to be mindful of the mind, trying to be conscious of consciousness. It's all a matter of turning your attention inwardly. And you can say without any fear of contradiction, and I can say with no fear of leading anyone astray, that your attention, if you want to wake up, you know, forget looking out there, forget looking for a Zen school, forget looking at the world being unjust, forget looking at uh, other people to help you out. If you want to wake up, You've got to have to turn all of your attention inside. You can forget books. I'm not telling you not to read, but according to how much, how intense your hunger is, is just forget looking out there. Forget looking at me. Forget looking at your mother. Forget looking at the past. Forget looking at Buddha. Forget looking at anything. Because what you're looking for is in here. Now, that certainly leads no one astray, and there is no other way to go about it. So... Even though we like to choose fancier, answer terms. All people attempting to achieve the great enlightening liberation are engaged. If they're very serious about it, they're engaged in a constant, highly unusual, unusually active form of introspection compared to the other six billion people. 
But if you can see what I've been trying to point out, which I can't point out since it's not there. If you don't really have a self, which I still don't, but now I don't know how you can uphold that illusion, at least sitting here with us in the same room. If you're engaged in introspection, what is it introing that you're spectering? Like I, I guess verbally I can make it a bit more facile for the burglars, and plus for you, few Flemish in here. You ever notice that when the French are ashamed and they're out of town, they'll claim to be Flemish. <laughs> but when the Germans out of town, see, years ago, their their way out was to claim to be Austrian. And then there was that unfortunate affair that happened some 40 or 50 years ago. And so then even Germans are kind of trapped. Like, what do I claim to be? Polish? Uh, search for your own allegories in that. You don't have to. You want me to bring it out for you? It's the same thing as a doctor. For those of you that didn't get it last time. For a doctor... Making a patient feel it's his fault because he has come up with unexpected side effects from his treatment. And I said, how is this unlike a man's attitude toward himself, the part of himself that seems to be opposed to awakening? But back to where we really were. Instead of calling introspection, we could say that all of these disciplines, everything, my whole life, I'll speak for me. You can apply whatever degree and whatever time you spent, has been constantly to a degree that I do not see equal. That wasn't why I did it, but anyway, a large chunk of my life, my attention has been turned right inside of here, examining, as you know from listening to me talk, looking at, trying to even look at my brain on a physiological basis, trying to look down into the center of the brain, down to the so called limbic system, considering how the passions of the body, how the information of the senses, without any doubt, I don't have to know anything about physiology, that there is the source, there is the fountainhead of what we call thought, and looking and looking and looking, a self-awareness, a self-study. But if, as I keep hinting, what if you don't have a self? Then what, may I put it, if you don't mind in Flemish, what's the fucking point? But see, you've got to be to the place to know the fucking point, or that doesn't make any sense. All you can do is sit and look at me, or cut your eyes off and think about it. Because, see, you still got a self. That's the only way you can think about it. If you contemplate yourself, you got a self. It's like, ask, it's like asking yourself, am I asleep? Yes. <laughs> There it is. Well, finally, somebody. It's normally put in stores for somebody else. You know that some monk goes to his old Zen master or some Sufi master, and they say, "Am I asleep?" And they go, "Yeah." Well, how do you know? You just met me. And you go, "Well, you wouldn't have asked if you weren't." Now, see, now that usually gets somebody to chuckle, but the real one. I gave you the hard version first, and how have you got it? Is you ask you if you ask yourself. You know, just right now, under whatever conditions and whatever's been going on, I could give you a slight build-up and try to slip it to you. Like a, like a tango dancer to a 
waitress in the alley between. Anyway, I was going to just flip it to you right quick. Is if you ask yourself, you know, you're trying to, you're engaged in self-remembering, self-observation, self-study. You're engaged by God in the proper attempt up till now to achieve the great goal. And you're asking yourself, you're checking just what you just got through saying, the way you just reacted to something, the daydreams you were having about what happened and what may be going on. You're taking a full, quick monitoring. You're taking a quick check of your consciousness, your inner life. And you ask yourself, like, well, how asleep am I? Am I asleep? Well, hell yeah! What do you mean, am I asleep? As soon as you said, am. And of course, you'd already thought it. The thought was there, the electrical, chemical energy. Anyway, as soon as you went, am, I, yes. No, no waste your energy. Does anybody get it? But if we're struggling to get away from our false self and get to our true self, and you ask yourself, well, right this second, is this my true? Don't go any further. <laughs> Don't put undue mileage on your gums. And your tongue? You're, you're wasting your time. Is this my... Yes? Well, wait a minute. You didn't know what I was going to ask. I was going to ask it, what I was feeling right now, what I just said, the way I just reacted. I was trying to... I was trying to be serious, says somebody. I was really pondering to myself, reflecting, was that my true self? I mean, what I just said, as soon as I said it, I wasn't quite... I wasn't totally pleased with the words I used and perhaps my tone of voice. And so I was pondering... Was that my true self that spoke then, or was that my false? Don't sweat it, champ. <laughs> yes, it was your false self. So, in other words, I was going to say, was I actually asleep? Well, hell yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was really thinking, you know, was I deluded? Certainly. Was I confused? Oh, yeah. Was, well, I, I, mean, I was trying to be aware of what I was doing, but was I really still living kind of in a dream? Drop the kind of. Skip the kind of. So how might you go about that? I say, look out your window. Look outdoors. <clears throat> I don't want to go this far, but it doesn't matter, does it? It's all the same. And somebody could say, wait a minute. Are you saying don't engage in any, any introspection? Try it. <laughs> Maybe I didn't actually say that, but now that you ask, try that and see what happens. I mean, what the hell? Try it. I do hope some of you understood that was a quite, to me, serious ending. That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at jancox.com, where you can search through 3,000 talks for topics of interest, or just leave us a message.